This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Shout out my man Remo for lining up this interview with Dotcom Nirvana, somebody that I've been seeing doing their thing in the underground and like really paving a way for themselves. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked to be having a conversation, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you. I've, I've been watching this since I first started editing, and I was watching it in the background when I, while I would edit like overnight and stuff. Mm. So this is crazy. This is genuinely crazy. When I, I like, because last night I was just like watching tons of your videos and like trying to like kind of spot the themes and like how you've sort of progressed and like what different avenues you've yeah. been like kind of going down and stuff. And then as I was searching your name, I found like a interview that you did with Cole from like three or four years ago, yeah. which I, I watched that and it was really interesting to kind of see you like a little bit earlier in your life because I feel like you're you're somebody who's kind of like doing what he did like pretty similarly I think by just having like really really strong taste and choosing to be like really progressive with right. the videos right. and wanting to kind of build a, a brand and an identity for yourself through that. For sure. He was definitely the one that like even made me know that that was an option because um, there was AZ Productions before, obviously, Shout but he was AZ. like so like integrated with Sosa that it kind of wasn't it was his own thing, but not almost. Mm -hmm. And it was so tied to Chicago. But Cole was like there was a couple ways to, to look at it is like just do it DIY, build your own channel, which is which is a struggle. It's really, really hard to build your own channel. I found out afterward, but, or there was like, try and get into like the, get to know the, the label commissioners and get the bigger budgets and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I wanted like my own name and like some, some level of like control over my thing. So I went his route. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So where are you from exactly? Sacramento. Okay. And what was your childhood like? I was, um, I was playing baseball and like pretty normal, uh, pretty into video games, like as a kid. And then, um, by high school, I was doing like just media. Like I quit all sports, and I was just in the media room. Like um, after school, we would do like the school bulletins. Did you guys have that? Um, I'm not sure. Like in homeroom, so. they would play like here's the news for the day, guys, and then we would do the skits. Me and my friend Jack would do the skits. I was a part of my program at my yeah. school. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, dude, it was awesome. Like, and then the whole school gets to watch it, and you're all like in class, all embarrassed. <laughs> but it was like cool to be a part of it. So that was yeah, that's how it started. Wow, that is cool. Yeah. What, what were your influences at that time that made you curious about media and? Like, like um, a lot of YouTube channels, like obscure YouTube channels, like there was this one called Good Neighbor Stuff, where all three, it was like an old uh, YouTube channel that was like goaded, really like YouTube comedy was really had an era at some mm. point, and they all three made it onto SNL. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. That was like the biggest, biggest uh, influence, because we were just doing comedy stuff. Like, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about music videos right. until later on. Okay. And yeah. then, uh, how, how did that kind of progress? Like, when did you start doing 
Did you do the comedy skit thing for a while or? Yeah, I just did it. No, nothing on YouTube. Or, oh. oh, actually, yeah, we did. We did start a channel that I think my friend like hid who was like the other half of it because it's like so brutally embarrassing. But <laughs> but we were doing uh, the comedy stuff on on um, the bulletin. Then after that, I thought I was going to be a journalist. I went mm -hmm. to, to school like to one of like the top journalism schools. I thought that's what I was going to do. And um, when did or what kind of journalism were you thinking that you were going to do? Political or sports in in high school and in, in uh, junior year, I was uh, Sacramento Kings. I'm from Sacramento. It's like the only thing we have really. And uh, I found a blog that let me write for them about about basketball, mm -hmm. about the Kings specifically. And then um, I got like a media pass, season long media pass uh, for the Kings. So I was going leaving school early, going to every game, yeah. practice like. Um, interviewing like my first interview was with DeMarcus Cousins and I asked him some shit that he like hated um, What'd you ask him? I asked him their starting point guard was out that day And then the last play of the game came down to the point guard having to get him the ball and obviously the second string was a little more scrubby So he wasn't able to get him the ball So I was like I asked him if he thought that made the difference and he would he was pressed He didn't like that as an interviewer You gotta do shit like that. you gotta do that. And I'm like 17. I'm like, oh, uh, sorry, Mr. Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. But did you not really know what you were doing? You were just saying it because it was the first thing that came I to mind? Yeah, I didn't know uh, what the yeah. f <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. So when did you, how old were you when you decided that journalism wasn't it? Like as soon as I got to college, really. Really? Like after a semester, yeah. It was just so uninteresting. It's like such a farce. It doesn't really exist. Do it on your own if you're going to do it. And it was just so obvious to me. Why? Just because you saw that the prospects were limited in terms of who you could get hired by? It's like I could go sit at the White House and and receive the same press conference that everyone else gets and, mm. you know, do be a part of the shell of an industry that doesn't really actually do anything. Yeah, and yeah. that has been shrinking so much for the last, like, 10, 15 years. And it's completely choosing what it covers and what it doesn't and, like, a, a whole list of things. But really, more than anything, I was not interested and I was getting trippy i was taking a lot of i was you know getting high a lot taking a lot of psychedelics really you know the 18 year old mm. and then found like the little boat tape and stuff like that and i was like oh really this is the one yeah i did it like yeah, yeah. it's like boat life of pablo and then cole's channel and yeah that's interesting because i feel like you could like this it's two very different paths like if you want to go down like the the journalism route it's like this is very serious and mm -hmm. fact-based but then it seems like you went in a totally different direction with wanting to do shit that was like purely creative it seems so important to me like i don't know i don't know if it was like the the lsd constantly or what but it just seemed like really i don't know important because what what other people were doing that i loved had a real impact on me like raheem is blind like you were with raheem, Shout out raheem. like a lot that early he, he was, was like the early pump tour for those who don't remember yeah he was like one of those directors that was like making me like oh my god i have to do this like, doing a lot I mean? with nothing doing a lot with nothing yeah. and animating on footage and like doing all the that was blowing my mind at the time that had never been done like mm -hmm. i remember the feeling bro like yeah, because it's, it's easy for people to forget because now when you think about Lyrical Lemonade, you basically just think, like, this is a crazy business that Cole built from nothing. Legacy brand, yeah. But when it came out, it really stood out to us because we're kind of coming out of this era of music videos just being kind of, like, stale and boring and stuff. Totally. And then he was really, like, with the formula and spice and shit up a lot. And for that sure. was what made a lot of us pay attention in the beginning before it even became, like, oh... He might not post that much, but it's like very consistently dope and is supplying you with new artists at a time when everybody was like finding out about new rappers on such a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was different because it was like palp it was reachable to me. I felt like I could reach out and touch it. Like they were in Lil Pump's kitchen right now. I'm in I'm in college, like in my dorm room. Like this these are things that I could do and like and like get myself and then the way he's doing it, like I hope people don't forget, like the couple years after that, like those style of effects that he was doing, like the early, 
the early stuff that wasn't as polished, but you could tell he was doing it himself, mm. just became like took everything over for like a little while. Even working its way into vlogs and stuff, mm. um, if you remember, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. now his sh so professional that it's kind of like mm -hmm. you don't tie Cole to like any one specific style because he's kind of right. done so many different things. Yeah, but um, okay, so you were still in Sacramento though when you decided that you wanted to go hard into the music. I was in D.C. I was at school in uh, George Washington University doing, oh. doing journalism. And then I was living in a frat house, and I made my first uh, video there. Um, for And it took like a few weeks because it was an animated video, and I had to learn like how to do it. And, and then all my frat bros were like, what's wrong with you? Like, he's not even <laughs> partying with us, man. You know what I mean? And I'm like, valid, but but now nah, I got to grind. So, so you taught yourself shit. like how to do animation? Yeah, yeah. It was, tr it's trash animation. It's a wintertime video, if you guys remember wintertime. I know. Who it's it's very. It is wintertime. I don't know. I don't question. know. I, don't know. I got it. I think I'm one of the only people who still talks to him from time to time. That's really? what I say. Yeah. <clears throat> I almost feel like I had an argument with Wintertime about Lil Pump stealing his flow. Easily, easily did happen. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the video, it was my first video ever, and it started blowing up when they had that feud on Twitter. I remember. Mm, yeah. yeah, they did. Okay, if they had yeah. a feud on Twitter, then it's definitely who I'm thinking of. Yeah, because I yeah. remember we definitely. Well, actually, I don't even know if I was involved in it. I might have just posted about it or something. But damn, that's a throwback person that I haven't <laughs> thought about in a while. And yeah. what video was this? At? All the time, too. All the time, too. Right. That was just the first one that convinced me, like, made me delusional enough to just like leave school and, and start this. And how did you get in connection with Wintertime to do that? I just made the full video and sent it to his management, mm -hmm. to to their email, and then they just woke up to an email saying, "All right, we'll drop it." Wow. And then they had like a noisy premiere and stuff. And I'm so when you're on the out, outside <laughs> in, like, we forget because we're like so into it, but like. Things seem way more grandiose when you're on the outside in and you haven't started yet. Like having a wintertime video, he's underground. And having a noisy premiere made me think like my life was changed. You know Anything I mean? is possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that is the start of a resume that could realistically take you places, especially at that time. But that that is like a really clever thing in terms of like advice that I would give to a young person trying to get in the game is like maybe just make a whole finished finalized product and just give it to the person that you want to work for. Yeah. Like if somebody were to like come to me and say, I want to do graphic design, it's like kind of like whatever. I've had a trillion people say that to me over the years. But if they came to me and said, look at these 10 no jumper shirts that I designed. If I really with it, then I would probably like have to pay him. I would have yeah. to say like, all right, let's, let's do business. If it's, yeah. if it's good, it's good. And like, look at, look at Gibson Hazard. My, my good friend Gibson, who in my opinion is like the best music video director ever is like, he did a, a Drake, he went to a Drake concert, filmed it, grinded out an edit that was completely insane over like the course of three months, teaching himself 3D and stuff. And he's Gibson Hazard now. Now he did the Drake J. Cole video. Mm -hmm. Like that does work. Really, you should just, you know, do some shit. He did the Eternal Take. Yeah, he did the album trailer yeah, too. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So when you leave school, you you get that the noisy premiere, the wintertime video and stuff. Where where do you kind of take that from there? Dude, nowhere. I mean, they had a couple another wintertime videos that are super obscure that like no one really knows about. But it was it was brutal, bro. Like for the first couple of years, I had no like connections or anything. I connected with Brandon Thomas, the uh, producer of You Guessed It by OG right. Mako. Yeah. On some DMing everyone in the world, bet I DM'd you, but like DMing anyone, like link me, like just put me around this. Shit, you know what I mean? Please link mm -hmm. me. Flew to New York to meet with him. I don't know. Met a couple people there that that didn't really accumulate to anything. You know what I mean? But you you start 
I don't know. You know what I mean? Just Meeting people snowballing. bit by bit. Even bit if you don't bit. meet somebody super important, it's just you're putting the pieces together. Yeah. yeah. And then when I got home from there, I would go back to Sacramento, save up to fly somewhere, and come back and save up to fly somewhere. And then I flew to Atlanta to meet with Duop and Candy's manager. Wow. And they had me waiting there. Bro, they had me waiting there for like three days before they linked me. Like really? every hellish story in the book, dude, has been, I, I've gone through it. You know what I mean? And then we linked with them. Me and Candy did a video, and that kind of like started. Candy definitely started the entrance in the underground Really? Yeah. Wow. But okay, were there times during that where you thought about giving up? There was times when I was seeing my friends from school graduate and it wasn't really, I don't know, I had like maybe 10 or 20,000 subscribers or something. Mm. And it was like, I, I wasn't going to give up. I knew that, but I would it, like waking up in like sweats or kind of panicky. Yeah. Right. Because real life happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I was thinking that when I'm looking at your channel is that you have about uh, 300,000 subscribers right now, but you've done a lot of big ass videos yeah. which, which like reminds me of just how difficult it is to like grow a following and an identity and that you like a lot of people out there are thinking like oh if i shoot a yeet video that does 20 million views then yeah. i'm just going to be like popping and be able to do whatever i want but like you've had to like fight hard yeah. for to make this happen and it's been a fight every single part of the way like like getting videos on the channel and like dealing with management and stuff like that is always there's always like something about it that's a process but i think if i had done more like irl stuff like bts stuff with the videos mm. that would have that would have grown it more but those are the things i'm now getting into but yeah dude building a channel is fucking that's why i get, i mean this is crazy like to have a building that is the result of a channel you built like in fucking incredible damn so okay do you feel like uh but do you think that that was valuable long term because i feel like if Cole had been like doing vlogs, sticking the camera in his own face throughout the years. Like maybe his identity of what Lyrical Lemonade is Ooh, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be what it is today. Because mm -hmm. I, I when I go back to the channel and I see some of the vlogs I did, I'm just kind of like, Ugh. like part of me wishes that I had not done some of this. Yeah, channel, really? you know. Yeah, is even it like though some subject? of it ended up being kind of legendary. Is it like the subject matter of it, or is it? It's just something so lame about going like this. In public yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like i don't yeah. know maybe i think about it more because i'm older and maybe like the younger generation doesn't think it's weird but at least Not back true. in 2016 2017 flogging and shit was very corny in a lot of people's minds and now a lot of times i see younger youtubers and shit who get into the studio with rappers and they're so comfortable just sticking the camera in their face and yeah. stuff and i'm like yeah because the rappers now are like on board with that with it almost yeah. across the board but i still feel like that initial fear of doing it because yeah. if we're gonna do a video i don't want to like i don't want to blow it right now and like overstep and then mm. the later thing up yeah and you kind of want your identity to be this like serious professional videographer and not somebody who's like cloud chasing trying to make themselves famous right i don't want to be cloud chasing trying to make myself famous but i i don't want to be like a serious like mm. i don't know videographer and because because like I don't know. I want it to be like fun and silly, and like that's what I like. I still want to do that comedy sh like later in life, like mm. you know what I mean. So, yeah. So when did you decide that you uh, wanted to? Because you become a tastemaker in here. Like a lot of people go to your channel to figure out and discover artists. Like that's how fine. did you? How did you decide? Like you know what? I want to put these videos strictly on my channel. Um, it was a few things. There was a conversation with Cole where we like he, you know, we we really talked about it and like. Um, he insisted that if that's what I want, then that's that's what it's got to be. But 
I don't know. It's it's definitely the harder route, I would say. Mm. It's definitely the harder of the two routes rather than going the industry route. But I wanted my own I wanted there's things now that are happening, like like certain deals that I'm I'm doing and stuff like that that are could only be the result of that. Mm. And I knew that it was something. And I wanted I wanted an audience that I could take with me in like whatever I make. If I make a short film or I make like an animated mm. series that's like comedy or something, I want them to come with me. Even if it's three hundred K is not not the most, but even if it's a, like, you know, a fraction of it. Right. I was like a video me. director that is from the ground up. I think it's still pretty impressive. Thanks. But I mean, it's kind of like the cho- the choice for an artist is like, do you want to put your video on WorldStar or one of these bigger platforms that will post your video for a little bit of money or whatever? Or do you want to do it yourself? Because I've seen a lot of rappers over the years who will have their first five or ten music videos on WorldStar and they'll become pretty well known through that. But then meanwhile, they don't have their own YouTube channel that yeah. has subscribers. Like Dex always had that problem. Yeah. Dex's videos were on Worldstar, they were on Lyrical Lemonade, they're everywhere, never really on his own channel. So now when he does a comeback song or project, he doesn't necessarily have the platform for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a really good point. And that's a that's a point that when like a management or something tells me that I'm like, okay. Like I I don't try to force it, but sometimes there's certain videos I can tell like like you you should give me this one. Like it'll do better. It almost always does better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, than the artist page. Do you shoot videos for artists and not put it on your page at this point? No, no, I haven't. I did one last year for like one of the biggest albums <clears throat> of the year, but the song got scrapped like a couple days before the album. But um, certain situations like that, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So you got paid, yeah, but the song never came out. The song never came out, and it was like big album of the year. And you signed an NDA, so you can't tell us what. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. How does that feel as a creative that so you thought of this as not just a project you were doing for somebody, but this is like charting the progress of you as a video editor throughout your career and that this was an important step to just yeah. not have that come out? It was, dude, that, that video would have been a life changer. Cole told me that too. I, I showed him the video <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it sucks, dude. It's the worst. Like I was super sad as for a little bit. Yeah. But like. I don't know. You just got to trust that another one like that is going to another unicorn video will will come along. Yeah, because I've there's a lot of stuff like doing the channel thing. The amount of stuff I passed up that like I'll tell someone they're like, what? Like Blink 182? Like, you know what I mean? And they're just like lose it because like they can't believe. But I care about the channel. I want to put people on and like have it be for someone people who really need it or like some cool cultural thing like Zach with FTP and Sosa and like what we did there. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I wanted to like mean something. You know what I mean? How'd you get approached about that in particular, even though we're now going super out of order, but I'm just curious. Uh Zach just DM me and I was I was at lunch with my mom. I was super hype. I was super hype. He said he had a track for me. I, I know I know what he does, so I knew it would be something cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually have to have that conversation with him because I want to know what like the business model is for FTP Records and how he plans on going with that. Yeah, I think if he just keeps dropping, he'll get big offers to mm. furnish a full label or something along those lines. Definitely. Yeah, but I wonder what his deal is with Chief Keef because I know they've been friends for a long time. But I mean, obviously Bros. Sosa can do whatever on his own as well. Yeah, he sure can. Yeah, that, getting that video was like wow. Yeah, he was like the one that I was when I was doing those getting high and doing those psychedelics and like thinking about how I wanted to do this. Shit. I was bumping Sosa and like yelling, Sosa's by, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that was like a full circle. Yeah, dude. And he was so cool, bro. He was so f***ing cool. Yeah. Like the green screen fell over. We had a green screen popped up in front of his house. Sosa goes down and he starts picking the shit up and picking the pieces up. I'm like, buddy. It's weird to see him you. be a human being, right? uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, pal, you're Chief Keef. Like, get a grip here. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, that's yeah. sick. But so, okay, back in the, the early stages, after you did, who'd you say, doo and candy paint? Mm-hmm. And then... 
where'd you kind of go from there? Like the early days, I'm interested in like what the sort of prog- progression of artists was. Just grinding, like, like go shoot something, go back home, work on it for way, way, way too long. And then go shoot something. It, it was like the people like ATL Smook, like Booth Boy Icy, like mm-hmm. that kind of scene. Uh, the scene has changed so much, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, it was people like that, yeah. And I, those people helped me start this for real. Mm-hmm. And then a big turning point was like NGYL probably. Um, because do you guys know YL? He, he's a South Carolina rapper. He was on tour with Uzi for Pink Tape. Him and Uzi are like like best buds. Okay. Um, but we did a, a video called Catch a Kill, and there was a couple videos like that that were like actual good videos that kind of more underground people started to. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like when you're talking about having like whole videos that you did not come out like that that is such an important part of being a young person trying to make it in the game or whatever is that you just have to be willing to accept a bunch of disrespect and yeah. a lot of wasted time along the way because yeah. like nowadays if somebody doesn't show up for an interview like it sometimes can be kind of frustrating and like my ego almost wants to step in and be like well f- him and like i'm not going to f- show up for this again mm-hmm. but i always just try to like fight back against that and like that's why Dex has rescheduled on us five times over the past couple months, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's somebody that I've done content with like a million times. Yeah. But to me, it's like, whatever, bro, just schedule them again. Like, yeah. I'm I'm down to keep trying. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes. I mean, you can also, is it more that like you feel established now? So you feel like, okay, about. Yeah. But yeah. Part, part of me is just like, in order to be a person doing content in hip hop, you just have to be down for a whole bunch of. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, that's 100%. just how people are. Like people are just hella forgetful. They're hella late, and you just gotta be flexible with it. You know, that's what it is, dude. That's that's what it is. One hundred percent. We were we were supposed to have that video out. It was supposed to be performed on Saturday Night Live, the single that we did, and it was, the video was supposed to come out the day before, obviously. Yeah. And the writer's strike made that not happen. Whoa. Um. So, let's get AI going to place these. <laughs> I feel it. I'm kidding. So yeah, because like one thing early on, like I, what I was watching, you were doing your podcast too. Yeah. yeah. So that, that could you say your journalist side? That's mm-hmm. what made you always wanted to be in the podcast space as well. Yeah, I just I just listened to so many like <clears throat> like you listen to so many pot like so many hours of editing all accompanying a podcast. Like I went through all of it. You know what I mean? I searched all like the old interviews that you guys did and and comedy podcasts and stuff. So. I was like, let me give myself something more to listen to and to like other editor kids like me who might, you know, be interested in whatever artist I'm talking to and shit. And it's fun. Like, I, I like doing this shit. I really like it. Yeah. One thing I tripped out about, you said like, you actually like, well, listen to podcasts while you yeah. get interviews. Yeah. How does that work? Because you have to, bro, like editing is, it's hard to make something good. It's hard to, the discipline to sit there is longer hours than, I don't know what, there's other art forms. Okay, whatever art form you do that takes longer, like it's fine. But there, it's a takes a long time, takes a lot of hours, and I gotta force my that inf, that uh, inspiration. You know what I mean? Because if you lose it, like the shit sucks. Yeah. But you have to maintain it for hours. So you gotta have someone, some music playing, or like be in silence and just feel it within you, or have someone talking who really speaks to you, who whose journey you might relate to in some way, like. You know what I mean? Because if that inspiration isn't there in the moment, then it's gonna show on screen. Yeah. What What is like your process when you're editing a music video because i've edited a lot of vlogs and shit over the years but i've never really edited anything that wasn't like chronological so 
when you're sitting down, if you had to kind of like break it down into phases of what the edit looks like, because a lot of your recent videos especially have just like the most insane special effects, and I can't even imagine what goes into that. Like, w is there an order of operations of how you kind of think of it? Yeah, they're kind of, there's like two two genres of videos, I would say, that have different orders of operation. One is like full underground. It was me with my camera. I just have to sauce something and make it crazy. Like the Yee videos were all that, all that shit that I was doing. Um, those I just... Uh, get as high as possible the whole time I'm editing and just everything VFX to cutting all comes together at once. Like I'll put a clip down, completely sauce it out, do the transition, whatever. And then that's the only clip. There's no other clips in the whole time. And then I'll start with another clip and then I'm just watching it over and over. And then, okay, this could, could come right after. And then it's slowly like the puzzle starts to build. It's very inefficient, but like it works with making the shit look like forcing it to look cool. And then the other version is like the chief key video. There's a little bit more infrastructure there and I can just lay out the whole thing. Like, and then put notes of what happens like in this green screenshot he's on top of the building the bullets fly toward the camera this and that mm. transition here this and that and then we take that and um that one i had a vfx team to go through each thing and, and work on it together but a lot of times it's just me like willing it to be something cool like from like regular footage right because yeah some of the biggest videos that you've shot it's basically just the performer in a room mm -hmm. and then you just have to go fucking nuts in post to make it yeah. stand out yeah which figuring out how to do that is a challenge every time and that's that's where this stuff comes in. <laughs> You're a real big, big believer in weed, huh? I mean, for edit, for that kind of editing, it's it's a it's a superpower a little bit. Why do you think that? It makes you more creative, or it just helps you do boring shit for a long period of time without freaking out. Because you that that for sure. But you gotta <laughs> you have to spawn something cool from regular or shitty, badly lit footage, mm -hmm. you know, in an yeah. underground studio or something. So to spawn something cool that's also tasteful is a hard line to walk that the Kush helps. Are artists like giving you like concepts of what they want or you're just like most part not. For the Glock video, we got on the phone and we came up with the idea together. That was really cool. He's mm. super creative, like super fucking creative, especially for a street artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, f I feel like for you, one of the best things that could happen to you is basically like finding an artist early on, shooting their videos, and then having them kind of blow up from there. Is that pretty much what happened with Yeet? You started working yeah. with him before he truly blew up? Dude, I truly blew up, yeah, but like to the scene, like to you, I'm sure you knew about him, knew he was the hottest thing moving. I right. was late in my opinion. Like I was late and I was lucky to get those few videos because he didn't like owe it to me and he would have gone where he went probably. Hmm. Yeah. Not that late. It was still a little early though. It was still, it was early to the, to the, layman but not to, yeah, not yeah. to people who knew you know what i mean so yeah. for him to do the videos and like and people always ask like why aren't you working together anymore like bro he doesn't owe me shit he went so astronomical he did three videos with me which is awesome off a great album like what, what more do i want what if, what if he hit you up and said i want you to do you know the lead video off my next project but i want to put it on my channel would you I, still have to stand on business I, I would have to stand on business, but only I would probably do it, but I would probably find some way to mm. to snag some content in a in a way that's like okay and tasteful. And, and sure. would that be like, in your mind, it's like, well, it's a really really good look for me, and then it's yeah. also like I kind of owe him for all the shit that he did for, for sure. my channel for sure. And also also, uh, I mean, a BTS video of that, like a full fledged out like twenty minute BTS video of that yeah, could go, go hard, but like narration before and the whole thing. Yeah. What was the first video you shot for you? Was it Turbin? Turbin or, or Trendy Yaga Way? Or Trendy Way was Turbin. Turbin? It was Turbin, yeah. And we shot in like 15. 15 minutes. He was like, he was like, I got to go. He had to go pick up some money. And uh, 
<laughs> this is the most heat story ever. And I'm like, we've been here 15 minutes. Like, let's get like two more shots, please. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I got to go. He gave me one more and then and then they split. One more like full run through of the song? One more full run through the song, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and was it just like, to you, what, how does that feel going into the edit when you're like really not having too much to work with versus how you feel when you have too much to work with where you shot 30 different takes facts i've done that so many times dude that i'm i just know how to do it like mm -hmm. i it could have a couple takes like literally the Yeep, that turban video probably has like five or six takes dude like mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm moving a couple of the takes i'm cognizant of that in person like you just get muscle memory of how to do a video shoot when you know it's just spray and pray like like okay i have f like five or six takes this one i got to move around a lot to kind of pretend that it was all over these are different angles all over the room mm -hmm. or whatever it may be and then that's the one where again i just i just you know like sit down for hours and get high and sauce it sauce it out but wow. he left early on that one yeah that's crazy because that's a legendary video too it's like, yeah man. thanks yeah but yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy just because like getting somebody like BLP Kosher who's like kind of on fire as far as I'm concerned to me is like one of the, the dopest rappers is like over the last yeah. year or so. Like getting him to do stuff on your channel, is that a struggle at all or is he just kind of down for the cause because he realizes that he likes what you're building? It's that. A lot of time it's that, which is like <clears throat> super cool. Like a lot of these artists are 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 so young and they've been watching my um my videos for for a few years now so they're they see it as like a real like cultural stop you know what i mean as mm -hmm. like something to do um and which i hope shit, you know yeah oh sorry but it yeah. makes sense because lamb manages both of you at the same time right yeah yeah and we have we have a very close tie i don't know if he was at the moment him and the kosher were like about to start mm -hmm. working but with someone like kosher like he had been watching the videos and certain people like the cultural aspect of things and where things are positioned is very important mm -hmm. you know what i mean do you, do you think of it as like you almost want to do videos that are so weird that like the traditional artist wouldn't really be asking for videos that are that extreme? Because sometimes your shit is like it, it kind of has like its own identity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do want to have that identity and that's mostly for the channel, but I can do I've done the other things like like well enough to, to know that I can do both. So I, I, I want to be able to do everything. Mm. I want to be able to do all styles. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what's the name? Where did the name actually come from? Um, dot com Nirvana. I had dot com crash, which is like the production company and like, um, and like the LLC and stuff like that. And then dot com Nirvana was like, people pronounce my first, my first name all types of ways, like Nirvan and Nirvan and shit. <laughs> so dot com Nirvana made it hard to not pronounce. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so what kind of a background do you have? A Persian full Persian. blown. Yeah. So is that a situation where your parents like really don't understand what you have chosen to do with your life or are they, they get it now. it now? They get it now. My mom is so psyched now. Like she thinks it's so fucking awesome. Cause I want to, this is, this isn't a means to an end, but it's a means to an end in that I do want to do movies and like bigger stuff like that. And as she sees certain videos be a closer step to that, like the Glock 40 Spaz video, for example, like the action, like thriller kind of aspect to it, mm. she gets more and more excited because she knows that what my end goals are. And in saying these are end goals, it's not that I want to like use the channel and like m music videos to get there, but I want to get there and then take those resources and make it rain like Robin Hood style on all this shit, all the cool shit that these, you know, young people are doing. Definitely. That's the, yeah, because yeah, we were just saying, like, I, I was seeing in other, another interview you just did where, like, you're happy to be in the space, but, like, you're still just not satisfied with where you're at. I just, there's certain aspects of, like, being a videographer as a whole that I want to kind of, like, solve and, like, help change. Like, owning owning the music is a big aspect. Like, if a producer makes the beat for a song, you they own a piece of that song. Mm -hmm. They can build catalog and go get a pub deal for hundreds of thousands, if not millions. 
and it's amazing. Like so many of my producer friends are doing that, but a videographer never owns a piece of the song. They're like, it's like an advertisement for a product, which I understand like the song already existed and stuff, but I want to figure out how to not have that be the case for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So which you which do, I kind of have. Some, do you do like partnerships or like say if an artist wanted to shoot a video on your page or mm -hmm. whatever, like it's some type of split you do or no. they just cash you out and then it just uh, goes on your page? Up to now, period, across the board, except for Cole with like obviously his album and like the um, Lemonade song by Internet Money. I think he was a writer on. But besides that, there's no split. There's no, we own nothing of it. We get an upfront budget. We don't even get our upfront bag. We get an upfront budget with which to pay everyone to create this video. Mm. It's a very it's very interesting that like how how uh bad business is honestly like for video like bro people front whole budgets like for this video I was uh, talking about we we fronted like like 100 bands almost really? for this video. Yeah, and then you get it later. But you don't, you know. That's crazy cuz I would have thought that Cole by this point would have enough negotiating power to basically be able to partner up on records or I, I think for I, sure yeah I remember people saying that world star would do that back in the day when they would premiere people's videos really I don't know maybe maybe on the YouTube splits or something yeah um maybe but I think for the vast majority of it yeah it's not the case wow, that's interesting. So how picky are you now with like deciding on who you who you want to film with or I've always been super picky like super super picky down to the song like if it's a song I've had so many Artist that loved me five seconds ago hate me five seconds later because I was like, give me another song like this ain't it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Who's the craziest person you denied a song that people were like, what the fuck you denied him? I mean, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Like Blink-182. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy right yeah, there. Yeah. So what was it? The song you just wasn't... It was when uh, when Lyrical did their that, that first Blink video. It was around that time. So it was around that time they wanted Same to album. have you do another project. Uh, same project, different song. Oh, yeah. Right. Because yeah. that was an interesting one, too, because they put it on their channel as well as and the Lyrical Lemonade. Yeah. Had like an alternate cut or some shit. Obviously, I'm not getting the Blink-182 video for the channel, but... Right. And it's hard, like, bro, a video that'll make me... Like, I don't know why it's this way, but a video that I could just show up, direct it, have someone else edit it even, and not have it for the channel will make me way, way, way more bread. Those bags are crazy. And then I'll give those up for, like, you know underground running gun like i don't know what it is in my brain but i just i just love it right and i want to build it this way like you know what i mean yeah from the yeah. ground up for sure because i i sometimes think about that too is like i'll have a whole day where i'll grind out like three four interviews with like underground artists and then i'll kind of be like driving home thinking like you could have totally like done something with your day that was way more profitable than this but i don't know it's like that's why you have to love it yeah if you really yeah, want dude. your shit to be cool you have to love it enough to be willing to not you know, be profit maximizing at all times. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that you might have a large potential to make money, but you might um, spend that up really quick. You might mm -hmm. use that up really quick. And then if you're just always monetizing your audience, then you could be looked at as, you know, trying to cannibalize them or whatever, just like take advantage too much. Because we all see what businesses look like. Shout out to Worldstar. Once they start to basically just be money printing factory. Do you think that was the case there? Yeah, at a yeah. certain point they got bought out by a fucking company that from what I've heard doesn't care about like, 
YouTube views or like, you know, building up their social media or anything, which is why their socials barely fucking do anything anymore. But they make legitimate money on their website. So everything is about the website, about drawing traffic to the website, which is kind of weird because obviously websites are on the way out. Yeah. Like obviously a lot of people are kind of shutting down their blogs and shit like that. Yeah. But for WorldStar, that's the business end of it. Like for for me, if I wanted to like focus on making money on a day to day basis, I'd probably like focus on like trying to get people to buy more Instagram promo. Right. Which right. is so it's like the the most Profitable thing is the most depressing, terrible yeah, bad for yeah, yeah. thing that you wish that you didn't even have to do at all. That's often how it is. Yeah. That's really often how it is. It comes at a price. Like anything that pays you also is taking something. Time, yeah. whatever, yeah, influence. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, going back to like when you were experimenting with acid and shit, did it feel like there was anything in your brain that shifted as a result? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, big time. I was out there. I was like right teetering on the edge. Like really? I got lucky, dude. I was doing it so much and just getting like i just felt like this shit was so important <clears throat> like whatever i was gonna do creatively and like the shit that i was listening to like the the you know like i said earlier like yachty and Perry, like burberry perry and all the shit i was listening to like the early uzi cardi shit like it all seems so much larger than life and like crucial to me and like important i don't know you have this delusion you know what i mean mm. as a kid and shit and uh but it turns into something and it's it's cool but yeah, don't do acid that much. It's too, bro. She was gnarly. You went overboard with it for a while. Yeah, dude, like going deep. Yeah. You still fuck with it? No, 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 no. Those years are over. Do you have a bad experience that made you not want to do it again? No, that's the, that's the problem. Amazing experiences every mm. time. Yeah, it's the best time ever. But normally if you have an amazing experience over and over, you're just going to keep You're going to keep, keep doing it. But the bus drops you off further each time, <laughs> and you got to walk a further distance. Because you got to, that shit... You know what I mean? Your your brain is getting mixy. You got to walk that whole distance back. And then I went a little too far. But what what was like <laughs> the key uh, revelation that the acid gave you? Like, was it just that I would, it was I worth suffering for to build this thing yeah, that you really believed in? Yeah, and I, I would have been in school. I would have been in school still, 100%. And I, I just like, you notice things. Like, you know, you're tripping and you notice things that people say that you feel are like, like, okay. In college, it's a lot of like, oh, this class isn't actually that bad. Or like, tomorrow's Friday. Like, let's fucking go. Like anything to get away from the week. Mm. What they're when they're studying the thing that they're gonna do for the rest of their life for like 30, 40 years until retirement. Like the the whole language, like the way people talk, was like anything but those classes. Like it's not that bad. Or like, oh yeah, Saturday's gonna be. You know what I mean? Mm. So I I saw a lot of that, and like, I just didn't want to. Uh, do something that I would, you know, have to do years of some shit I didn't want to do. Yeah. Putting off reality. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible feeling or a terrible way to live your life in comparison to actually just being present on a day-to-day basis. Just facing it. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was watching you and Cole have that, do that interview, one thing that he said that I kind of had forgotten that his shit used to be like this is that he said that he would shoot sometimes like 10 videos in the course of like five days. Yeah. Yeah. Were you ever like that? Were oh, you yeah. just grinding it out like yeah. that hardcore and did yeah. that, that shifted at a certain point? Fuck yeah. 2022, uh, the goal was a video every week and we got pretty close to like 40 something. Really? Uh, on a year is like fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like doing videos like couple in a day or, yeah. What's the longest you think you spent on one video? Amount of time. Um, definitely the, that unreleased one was like two months. Like every waking two moment. Two months of editing, like every day. Well, we were using, we were working with overseas VFX people, mm-hmm. and so you, we had to stagger our sleep schedule. So me and my roommate, he owns a VFX company. Um, 
we had to stagger our sleep schedule so someone had to be up 24 hours a day so it was it was hellish bro it was the hardest thing I've ever done. What's sure. it like working with a virtual uh, or a VFX company? Because I, I, some of the stuff, I, what video is it that had like the crazy tornado that I was just watching? Kosher. Yeah, like shit like that. Is that primarily somebody else doing it or is that you Yeah, doing it? well that's, it's like a, you need someone to with, you need a few people. You need someone with a computer even power enough, powerful enough to render that out. Right. You need to, I need to integrate it myself and like make it, make it look right. But then I also need a guy to have like the light or like the dust around the tornado. He needs to have that mapped to the houses to bounce off the houses and shit. It takes a few people that you got to oversee every step of the way. So it's just like 4 a.m. and you're just, you know, like on Discord, like, yeah, it looks good, you know. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a grind, but it's, it's fucking cool to see it come out. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, how did, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. How did you link with Trippy? Because you Trip, shot a lot of Trippy Rare videos. Trip had followed me like my first or second year doing this shit. I think I don't know what video it was that I made, like maybe a Slime Cito video that he saw or NGYL or something. But he had he had um, followed me like really really early, and I thought that meant like oh yeah like it's time to work. So I was DMing him like over and over. And then nothing. And then one night he FaceTimed me. Like, it was a random number, but I was like, I had an inkling. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get that feeling like, all right, let me pick this up. It might be something. And then it was trip at, like, 3 a.m. or something. We talked for, like, three hours um, mm -hmm. that night. And then we shot, like, I don't know, the next day or something. But he, he broke down. He had been really watching and paying attention for a while. And he really? broke down, like, what my place was, what I was doing, um, how I was different from this and that channel or like what you know what my what my niche was and stuff like he had really been watching So it was cool. That's dope. Yeah. I mean trippy is one of the very few dudes from the SoundCloud era That is like a still alive and be still popular, mm -hmm. you know, which mm -hmm. is kind of crazy because So many of the people, you know, he used to make songs with fucking juice and he used to you know Be going back and forth with the X all the time mm -hmm. and obviously the whole six nine arc and shit And the fact uh -huh. that he's still got like a real fan base and makes good music and shit is I mean There's not many people else from the era. Who, There's not yeah. and people forget that and they they want to They throw around the fall off thing so so fucking much but things go in cycles We've seen people you know dip between albums and this or have an album that like didn't do so good and then come back it goes in cycles and I'm sure something's gonna happen that everyone's gonna be you know loving it again and then everyone forgets that they were just hating you know no definitely yeah yeah I mean the whole like fall-off conversation is kind of hip-hop is like too consumed with that shit because the reality is is that if everybody even knows who you are to be having a conversation about whether you fell off or not, I mean, it's, it's your career is going to go through ups yeah. and downs. Now, obviously, we all are aware of artists whose careers are clearly on yeah. like a permanent decline, yeah. and that shit does suck. But to start saying that somebody fell off just because, like, you know, maybe they haven't had a big album in six months or a year or whatever, like, people are just too eager to throw that shit on people now. Facts. And, and how many millions is enough? Like, yeah. how many millions at the age of 24 is enough? Like, mm. 30 isn't enough? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, think I don't get what people want. Moments, Trippy, yeah. for sure. And his business is so he owns Liquid Death and he's doing all this cool business shit. Like, it's more, bro. It's more than just you know what I mean. One thing, mm. yeah. No, definitely. And I mean, I, even for me, like, I know what my life is like when I'm grinding interviews eight hours a day. And what my life is like when I'm doing like a more manageable schedule and just actually kind of enjoying life. And I've gone on vacation for a couple weeks at a time and shit. And it's like, you know, like a lot of these rappers or whoever are kind of like in that sort of state where it's like, yeah, you could be on tour 24-7 in the studio 24-7. A lot of people get to a certain level of success and they're like, well, maybe I just want to kind of enjoy my life more. Yeah, yeah. 
because the it's not as motivating anymore. Like yeah. they've seen that bag a few times, yeah. So it's not going to be like as special the first time, yeah. But do you feel like you're still working so hard on the video shit that you're kind of like putting off enjoying life because you're so in yeah. the zone still? You're still like building to such an extent. Yeah, dude. To, like like um, up to now, like my like young life or whatever, it's been completely consumed by this. Mm. Like the amount of times I've been editing, and I'm like, what day is it? And it's like Friday or Saturday night. And like anyone else my age would be like, what what the move is and stuff. Mm. And I'm just like completely not thinking about it. Like it's completely o- taken my life over. Mm. Um, and I, I, that's how I wanted it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I want to live in the extremes. You know what I mean? Like in whatever it is. You're still like young. Still like. I don't know. You have that like energy level to be able to work on something so fucking hard. Yeah, and it's it's like older than like a lot of the new artists and shit are like you know sixteen to nineteen and stuff like that. Mm. But at the same time, there's like people older that I'm looking up to now, like actors and stuff like that, who are like um, Academy nominated and shit like that, who see certain things and they're like they see something about it and they're reaching out. So I know that all this work has has led me like given me this uh, this. Um, this base that I can really do all that shit that I want to do because there's like too much that I'm trying to do I was watching an interview with Tony Yeo on Vlad and he was talking about the difference between him and 50 cent and like he was saying that him and 50 were on the same like three month long tour mm-hmm. and Three months they get back and Yeo is like I want to chill with my dog I want to sleep in I want to like relax I want to kick my fucking feet up and watch some TV and shit take a day or two off and that 50 is just like literally the day after this tour, he's still 100% on the grind and like never stops. Yeah. And I'm just watching that thinking like, I like that option, that A or B is there for me like all the fucking time of like, I could just chill. Or it's like, no, or I could like live up to my full potential and actually just keep fucking going as hard as I can. Yeah. And it's like, you do have to find a balance as you get older and stuff, especially having family and shit mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But, I think you definitely, if you have that energy available to you, fucking go for it. You have you know? to use it. You have to expend it. And by the way, you've afforded yourself the opportunity to even, the luxury to even have that thought. You know yeah. what I mean? Like with someone trying to get there, it's not, if there are the type of person who's going to get there, that's not even a thought. Mm. You know what I mean? But like your platform went so crazy and so big and that can go away. You know what I mean? Like you could not, you could have not caught that moment and not expanded or whatever you did or invested more money to like make it like bigger right. and lost that moment and fizzled out and wish that you went back to that moment and did this. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's also about that is like being there when all that work does happen and you are afforded that opportunity to then like kick your feet back. I'm a vacation sounds insane. Like sounds <laughs> fucking mind blowing. I can't picture it. Yeah. I haven't, I just I haven't done so motivated. it. Uh, just necessity and like, and finishing what I started and owing it to, you know, myself who started and, and, uh, it's, it's also like good, like money wise, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's been like really, really, you know, awesome and blessings and you know, pray blessed, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's easy to stay motivated. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it just does. Yeah. I'll work like Monday through Saturday nonstop and then I'll take Sunday off to just chill around the house and be with the kid and stuff. But then you you feel what you've kind of done to yourself for those six days prior where it's like, it's hard to like not look at your phone. It's hard to be present in the moment because you're acting like a fucking robot throughout the whole week. But a lot of times I see it too. Like even when I I did a video with that fucking booba hundred X kid from New York and shit. And like to him, it's hard for him to understand that nah, like, 
eight, nine o'clock, I'm done. I'm going back to the crib. He's like, nah, like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, I know you got energy like that. I'm literally like twice as old as you. (laughs) I need to go recover a little bit right now. But like, you know, for somebody like him, it's like, you should lean into that fucking energy level while you have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been like the sleep schedule, like to afford the editing time, like the amount of hours in a day has been like, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Like, what have I done to my health in that Mm -hmm. aspect is like, like five years straight of, of basically sleeping opposite, like the opposite uh, sleep schedule. Besides that, I'm pretty, I feel feel good about how things so like, are going. What's a normal day for Nirvana? Like, like how- wake up like noon, um, smoke, 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 drink a coffee, smoke, 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 and then uh, start editing like three, three or something, then edit till three to six a.m. at midnight. A couple so breaks so for every day. You're damn near editing for the most part. Th- like in the past, like six months, I've been kind of like setting, taking more meetings and setting up more business stuff. Which like a couple of those things are about to come to fruition, which I'm super fucking excited about. And I wish they were already done so I could talk about them. But um, it's kind of shifted. I've been more like phone calling and like real personing. But besides that, yeah, just editing for like twelve hours. What does a manager do for a, a, a person who's a music video director? Like how important is that, and how much has it changed your process? Um, not that much, honestly, like, like they rub elbows, they know other management teams, um, they try and get videos and help with, it's like another helping hand, you know what I mean? <laughs> Makes things like a little few percent easier. Mm. Not too big of a difference. Cause it's like, while you're doing all this insane, uh, schedule of work, you're not going to studios and bumping into people or going to parties and running into people that might want to give you work. You're exactly. Kinda, you kind of like need somebody to socialize on your behalf. Yeah, right? totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and he's good for that. But, um, I love doing that shit when I, when I am able to like go do the, those things, you know what I mean? Cause you, those do lead to projects. Like yeah. Those lead to a lot of gigs. Um, that's really true. That's something I need to be more mindful of. I haven't been able to do that as much. How did you and uh, Liam lock in in the first place? Um, he hit me up and he helped me make the swag and like this video happen with Tana and Lancey. Mm-hmm. People don't know, we literally, me and my manager, like completely willed that video into existence. It was not going to be a thing because they just weren't linking up. Tana was, um, or Lancey was like super rock star timing, you know what I mean? He wasn't linking. And then we just hit his manager enough times and then um, had them pull up to the store and, and just got a shot. Yeah. But he, that was that was how he like kind of. That was an issue. Yeah. Because, like, usually managers try to do something for you to have you understand what it'll kind of be like yeah. and what they can bring to the table, and then that was that. And at this point, he's managing Kosher at this time already? Yeah, uh, no, no. So Kosher was after. I remember he, he called me in, like, a October or something and was like, like, look at this kid. Like, like should we sign this? By him, he just was getting my opinion for if he should manage this guy. And I saw, like, uh, Jew on the Canoe, I think it was. Oh, or maybe man. it was earlier than that. Maybe it was, maybe it was the knock one, but... It was like fucking mind blowing, and I was like, "Yes, like you gotta do it. You fucking have to." And then he did it right away. Yeah, yeah his show at the Roxy was crazy. Dude, he was he's such right a legend. Yeah, he was there for sure. We were in uh, Florida together, and he was showing me like the old like skate spots and like his skate park he went to and like the sandwich spot. He's like really sentimental. Like mm-hmm. a skate park that he loves is like deep in his heart, and you can tell when he talks about it. Like. I saw that in that Nardwar interview they did with him too. Nardwar kept mentioning random skate parks, and you could just see it that it made him like really genuinely happy yeah. to be able to talk about yeah. that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like when you hear Coach say "Nah," like you really know something struck a chord. But that is a big part of why he's interesting, is because 
to see a skateboarder who's also like a dope ass rapper is fucking weird because most rappers so don't understand how happy a flat ledge could make you or how many <laughs> memories you could have uh, because <laughs> when you're trying to trick on a flat ledge it's like you just might try that shit 800 fucking times yeah. in a row and yeah. it just becomes like part of you like yeah. it's just such an intense memory nice. of you just sweating your ass off trying to do this one trick and like kosher is clearly like good enough that he's been through those fucking battles yeah and it's it's weird to have a rapper who like gets yeah. that yeah yeah it, it probably gives you another wavelength huh yeah you have like just getting up and trying again over and over because that takes some real that's physical pain too mm. it's different than like even emotional or like just discouragement or something that's real like you're falling hard yeah no nah, he's i i really think that um like skateboarding in general brings that out of people i feel like and it's i wish i had got into it. i didn't have the bounce yeah, that, that's one thing I noticed with rappers and like skaters, BMXers, etc. Is that rappers just have like an inherent huge amount of respect for that shit, even though they don't necessarily get it a hundred percent. But they have a lot of respect for it because they can tell that it's real and mm -hmm. that this is something that you earned and you wouldn't be able to grind this fucking ten stair unless you had just really put in the work mm -hmm. whereas everybody in the rap game is always super aware that a huge percentage of all the people and the shit around you is fake. Yeah. And there's yeah. just no denying it that yeah. this this dude went and got these chains so he could present himself as something that he's not. Every rapper has to have their antenna up for that at all times. Mm -hmm. But with skating and shit, it's just like if you could do the ten stair, you already know. Like it's a hundred percent. You put yeah. in the work. There's no yeah. denying it. It's not like he just tried it that one time and it was a fluke and he landed. It's yeah. not possible. There's no such thing as there's a no fluke yeah. when it comes to that shit. Like Which is so crazy. You're gonna have to skate for years before you can do a kickflip going fast down yeah. down the street oh my know? god i can't dude i split my lip open like trying to ollie like i'm really? hopeless on a fucking board but i i totally fucking agree bro that's why like you appreciate people like that who are like i said like in the extremes of whatever they do this guy fell a hundred times to learn this trick mm. this guy put this many hours in into this like this you you build this thing like it all that that's the shit that i love that makes me puts a battery in my back like every time mm. yeah definitely um you almost had to deal with phase yeah, fuck. <laughs> God, that sucked. Uh, FaZe Clan, right? Yeah, FaZe Clan. Like, we built this deal for, like, the course of, like, dude, eight months or something. It took so fucking goddamn long. Should have seen the writing on the wall, but, yeah, it didn't. They basically, like, someone in the building by the end of it told me, like, brought me aside and was like, look, things aren't good here. Like, uh, it's falling apart and don't do it and what was the deal going to be just you directing a bunch of different content for them no no it was it was for dot-com crash it was like for my own operation um to have all their social media people totally max out the channel and um help with the short form content that we had a youtube studio like a small version of this um or a podcast studio um we had funding for like shows and merch and um releasing singles each year and it was a three-year deal so it was just a budget for each year um, and it was like a f dream scenario, bro. Like, it was a dream it was like deal. Like a million dollar deal, wasn't it? Some, some more. Yeah, it was like a couple. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Phase is such an example, though, of like, if you start something and you love it, and then you just let it get away from you, and it just becomes out of your hands, because like, totally. Phase Banks was just building that shit for all these years, and then they get investors and shit, and then they just start losing money, and they go public, and it doesn't work, and yeah. it's like. I don't know. That's just got to be like fucking heartbreaking to spend your life building this brand that's huge. But now when you talk about phase, you don't necessarily have like a positive storyline come yeah. to mind because you yeah. know about all the bullshit that's happening. Though. Totally, dude. That That's so true. And like if people think like, oh, Banks is rich, like what, what could he be miserable about for? But like if you're 
if you're rich, but the thing that like you built like isn't you build that it's whole thing yours. and it's not like fulfilling you anymore. Like damn, because then where do you go? You don't have like that grind to get you know more yeah. money and stuff. You're already comfortable, but you also don't have like your baby. Yeah, so that's got to be tough. Yeah, totally do. And I I saw it like being in the building. Like I saw it thin out literally week to week. A mm. few less people. A few less people. Till the last time I went to do like this Xfinity thing, there was like three people in that spot. Wow. And I was at the going public party. That's when that must have been like one of the things they were going to use some of that funding for was my thing. Like. Um, that was like the first step of the courtship oh, process, word. I guess, was the wow. going public party. And it was epic, dude. Fucking Uzi was on stage and shit. It was, it was sick. Yeah, that sucks though, right? But that, yeah, I mean, like, I really think that is how it had to happen. I really mm -hmm. think it's how it had to happen. Because now I'm, I've been offered deals like, like little imprints or like have a JV here or something for like three years now. Yeah. Since the eat shit pretty much. But now, um, I'm I'm doing like the first couple of those. I'm doing like a couple deals for the first time, which I'm excited about. Mm. Which would I wouldn't have been able to do if I did the phase one. So I remember Cole tweeting about being offered like I forget if it was ten million or a hundred million. I think yeah. it meant a hundred million dollars. Like Thirty M's or something. Some crazy deal for Lyrical Lemonade. Yeah. And I remember at that time just being like, "Fuck!" Like that's got to take a shitload of self belief to say yeah. no to that. You yeah. know? Yeah, big time, dude. Would you sell your company? I mean, it, it depends. Like that. That's a very different place. Like what I'm doing is um, like these situations I'm talking about are like um, to own the music, like to be able to put distribute music and be able to get some ownership because again, that's like the biggest problem I see with mm -hmm. like my gig. Um, so if that catalog gets big, like, yeah, sell, yeah. sell the shit that I, you're selling assets, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. If it makes sense. A yeah. shitload of different performers and stuff have kind of totally normalized that over the last few years. Yeah. Now you're not surprised at all when you see people do it. Doing what? Uh, selling the catalog or no, no. It's like it's like a, a house. Like you buy a house and own it and then sell it. Like owning, dude. <clears throat> owning some music is like <clears throat> it's like the TikTok things they make of like buy real estate and then rent it out and you'll get this money per month. Like that's you know what I mean. That's what you're doing. You're getting paid monthly. Like that's the goal. Yeah, and you yeah. can't take it with you when you die. So yeah, <laughs> you yeah. might as well, right? Might as well, dude. Yeah. I mean, having a bunch of money up front is like people fetishize ownership, but like. Getting a bunch of money right now for a lot of people would be a lot better than getting a reasonable amount of money every year for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Especially if you're smart with it. <clears throat> Definitely. What's, what's some of your favorite music videos you shot? Um, that I really like that Glock one, that Glock Forty Spaz one, because I finally got to like do storytelling, <clears throat> and that's more like the avenue I want to take with it. Um. I really like the um, Slump Sixes one video. That's like an old one, but I fuck with that one. Mm. Um, the Chief Key video, obviously. Yeah. That was the one that was the most like, that was the best feeling of dropping a video. That was like, that was some surreal shit, bro. Yeah. That really meant a lot to me. I, I, I fucking, I shed a tear. I'll, I'll admit it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was, my mom shed a tear, dude. She, really? she's she's heard me talking about Chief Key for ten so years. She keeps like a dream artist that she wanted to work. The dream. When I did my OGM interview with Hakeem, it was like that's, that's who, who I said. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So so bro. You spoken into existence. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I had been now I can say I had been offered a Sosa video like two years ago. And I was so I don't know if deluded or I was so gung ho on the channel that they wanted one for his channel, one for mine, just even trade. Totally should have said yes. It's insane. <clears throat> that I didn't, but I'd, I'd pass it up to try I and get respect just the fact that you just still said no on like you stood on that, even though that was I your know, dream artist. Yeah, it's that's kind of tripping. Crazy, like, I was I was in the wrong on that one. <laughs> I get some water, my voice cracking. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you got the Sosa video. Who yeah. else would you want to work with? Like, if your dream artist. 
Uh, Uzi, Uzi for sure. Mm. Um, <clears throat> damn. Um, future, huge, super huge. That'd be big. He's up there with Sosa. He might be like the biggest. Like in college, that's man. Thirty Sprite too. Mm. God damn, man. The vibe. It's right? like, bro. It's these these albums that just in that time period between I don't know seventeen and nineteen. Like that music that you love is like yeah. real. Is your music, and it means so much. Like it's so. Palpable. I'm trying to find that feeling again. Because you're you really trying it? to figure out who you are, and yeah. music helps you figure that out during mm-hmm. that time period of your life. And so that's why it's almost impossible for me to imagine like finding music that would make me as passionate as, as I was during that time period. But that's why you have to always remember when you see you know mobs of teenage kids freaking the fuck out about Cardi or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like. That thing that they're feeling is real, mm-hmm. and like you're foolish if you ignore that. That shit is like, and, and it's actually very, yeah, it's very liberating to realize that kids are just gonna keep having that experience, even yeah. if it's totally disconnected from the shit that I was into when I was a kid. You know, just seeing it makes you. Why? Why is that? Just to know that that still is real and exists. Just that there is like a real connection that even still takes place in that yeah. way because I guess with like so much content now, whether I it's know. on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, you're just used to content being like very, very disposable for yeah, kids. Yeah, it's these totally days. arbitrary, yeah. So to see them feel that strongly about Cardi or whoever, whatever rapper it is that is like capturing them, it's dope to see that that's still possible because sometimes when I think about how much I love Jay-Z or Nas or whatever, part of that is the throttling of information because if I wanted to get a new CD, I had to go to the store and spend $15 Mm. and the labels are only putting out so much stuff. And as a rapper, it's hard to get noticed, et cetera. And now Mm. we live in this era where there's a billion fucking songs that you can go listen to at any Mm -hmm. moment for free. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like music's as special, but it's liberating to know that it's still that special to a lot of people. Yeah. To a certain, as long as it's that special to someone is anything that special though, like anything content or entertaining wise. I mean, I think for people who are down to like really sacrifice and put in the work to make stuff that is that important, like even it's kind of like a weird extension of it, but even somebody like Trap or Ross who spends a year or six months on a video or whatever, like I've respect the fuck out of that because I've seen so many people that had his opportunity that he had and instead they decided to just kind of churn out mid shit on a consistent basis so Mm -hmm. to see somebody who's down to take six months to make a video is actually fucking dope because that's like believing that content can be special enough that it's worth spending that amount of time on you know yeah yeah for sure and having like an artist or a creator or whatever like having that sort of belief in their own thing is like that's fucking i love conversing with those people and like get because that energy like runs dry and then you re-up on it and then it goes away and then it comes back mm. um and it's like a constant like like fight for that that's it has been my experience definitely yeah what do you feel like well what do you still really want to do right now that really stands out to you like things that you just have to check off before you could feel like you've kind of made it as an artist um i really want to do the music distribution and like have like a to z direction over like certain songs um, and like really see that through with videos and stuff, but I want to um, I want to direct movies and I want to make TV. I want to make cartoons mm. like extremely like I want to make I've had a bunch of cartoons like in the vault that I've like always been making but either a YouTube with like all of these cartoons or like do you know freezer tarps at freezer tarps Chetty mm. he, he's always talking about Zinachino's upper deck in Zimbabwe's 
the Zin Zin culture. All I'll, the Zin I, terms. I do know did. about Zins via Nelk Boys and Tucker yeah. Carlson and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they got like in that Tucker Carlson interview, Kyle tells Tucker, "This guy Chetty made all these terms. Like this is who we're referring to." Oh, okay. so we are starting a new thing to do like some IRL skits together and stuff. Um, and we've been talking to Kyle about being involved with it and shit. So like, I, I want to do, dude, there's too much. There's too mm. much I want to do. But really, like, I want to do funny stuff. I want to do comedy in some way and um, and cartoons and movies eventually. Do you do Zin? I don't, I don't do that. Or is it, do you Zin? Like, which, which was the better way to say it? It's so many. It's like, do you toss lip pillies? Like, <laughs> do you hug Zimbabwe's? There's so many ways to say it. When I did a Nelk Boys interview back in like 2018 or whatever. <laughs> they came on? Yeah. Oh, shit. And they tried to do a prank that day at the store that was like pretending to be SoundCloud oh, rappers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they were like kind of at this moment where everybody was starting to already know who they were so mm -hmm. no matter how dressed up they were like mad kids in the line recognized them and shit but i during that interview they gave me some fucking chewing tobacco and told me to try it and i like stuck it in and i started like drinking the liquid oh, right away no. and they were like what are you doing i'm oh, like no. i've never done this before yeah, you have yeah. to tell me how no to do tutorial this. nothing yeah no yeah. yeah i had no idea yeah but now they can get this out of the little fucking pouch yeah zimbabwe's it's like the clean version and shit but it's too much for me like every time i've taken one i've uh you know, I hear about expelled. people doing it and they end up having to take a nap right away because it fucks them up too much. Dude, it, it'll have you spinning, bro. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. You're from down south. Do you have much much connection to this? I don't know a whole bunch of people who did. <laughs> oh, dude, they love Zinachino. Is like, it has a whole culture. Shit, bro. It's a whole culture to it. No, nah, for sure. Which I'm not a part of, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't do it. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, so you've had like a bunch of artists on the channel that are kind of way outside the realm of just like rap and stuff like there's a lousy 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 yeah yeah it, where, where <laughs> it's not the, lousy dude where, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't know but uh like wh where does that come from and like is that stuff that's being brought to you yeah. does that feel like a big risk or a gamble on your part to go outside hip-hop or no no that that song was like the biggest shit on tiktok lousy, so it was already huge it was, that was okay. huge and i knew it was a super good uh look for the channel and then and then you just hope that you link the person that they're that they're cool enough to vibe with. And then he's like the cool. I love that kid. I that kid is fucking too. awesome. I met him at Sean's concert yeah. recently, but I've been tapped in with him. But that that was a that was his label trying to make that move. Like let's let's put the um the, the his hit on a channel bigger than you did than the hotel own. video, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right, for yeah. sure. Hell yeah, yeah. Also, cool. classic sex and B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll fuck with him. Fuck with Lossy. When you look at when you shoot a video though, do you do you end up like looking at the number of subscribers you gain from that video, oh, yeah. and is that a huge part of what motivates you? Yes, it is a big part of. What, I mean, I'm checking YouTube Studio like my fucking life depends on. Right. It. Like I'm sure you were there oh, at yeah. some point when you were like. I'm there right now. Coming up, I just want like the monthly subscriber gain to be at a certain point and like and this and that. But yeah, it's a big, it's a big um motivating factor. But also, I know like I have to do whatever wave it is like underground wise. I have to get involved and I have to help support and push it because one, it's going to do better than on their own channel. So I want to help like people that I think are fire and shit yeah. but also like culturally that's important you know what I mean to like stay maintain I don't want to just go have big mainstream videos and shit like that on the channel and then completely like abandon the whole thing I want to take that 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 bread and those resources and then bring it Share back Share lights to the underground bring it back yeah yeah because it's like you know that when you have a million subscribers that your your career is going to be in a different place than it is right now. Yeah. And it's like it might not be that you're making ten times as much money, but it definitely you know it'll put you in a different, you know, category as, mm -hmm. as far as a creator. And a lot of times if you shoot a video and you spend a month editing it and then you look at it at the end of the day and you got ten thousand subscribers from that video, it's like 
you chose those 10,000 subscribers over X amount of dollars from other shit that you could have been doing that yeah. would have been more profitable. Yeah. But in the long run, you know that those subscribers, it's not easy to get subscribers as a it's YouTuber. Yeah. But every subscriber you get is like building the snowball so that the next subscriber after that will be easier because of yeah. the sort of network effect of people like seeing that something's popular and then being, it's easier for them to comprehend that it matters. Yeah, totally. And there's like that initial like YouTube channel inertia or whatever that you have to work through is like mm -hmm. insane. Starting like to get nothing, to 1,000, yeah. dude. I don't know. It took two years or something like that, which I know is a lot, but to try to convince rappers to like drop on, bro, it is an insane grind. It, the YouTube channel, music video channel is an insane grind. Mm. Where like in 2016, 17, if you remember, like music videos were doing like hundreds of M's all the time. Mm. Yeah. Like they were going viral way, way more often, way and more inflated of numbers. So having caught that time, like timing wise, I was a bit late there. You know what I mean? Mm. To, to catch that, yeah. But I know every artist is trying to get a video shot with you right now, right? It's a lot. It's a lot. I yeah. know it's yeah. like yeah. everyone. I turn down people that that I tell someone like, yeah, I turn it down. What do you think? And they're like, what? Like, why would you ever do that? But it's like I don't know. If I if I care, I care. It's mm. hard to fake that. Are you picking the songs like that yeah. you want to shoot? Yeah. Specifically, yeah, yeah that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Because I remember even like when Cole did his first Jack Harlow video, he uh, Jack Harlow mentioned that he had been sending Cole records for like over a year, two years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then finally he got one that mm -hmm. Cole believed in enough to shoot. You know, yeah. I'm sure that was a big part of him taking off at that time. Yeah, because you get that practice. You know, like, you even know, you start to get it down to a science of like, if this part of the song has changed, it'll do 5% better. Mm. Like, or if if uh, we choose this song over this song, it's literally 2x. Like, yeah. Like like Turban, for example. We, we were supposed to shoot Get Busy that day. And then I pulled up and uh, he was like, no, nah, I got an idea for Get Busy. I'm going to do that later. But like, here are these like 20 songs and we listened to them and like me and my, that same roommate, like really had to on the fly pick the right one because yeah. it's like 20 million views versus like half a million or a million. Have you listened to the uh, Lyrical Lemonade album yet? Yeah. I didn't listen to the whole thing yet, but I, I definitely think that's probably one of the craziest undertakings that I've seen somebody take. And I can't really imagine how difficult it would be because it's like, you can get dope beats and you can get artists to rap on them and shit, but to be able to actually like make a bunch of songs that you really feel confident in, like think about how many like hard conversations there has to be Facts. along the way. Like if, if you get a chief key verse and you decide that you don't think that's it. Facts. I mean, that's gotta be a fucking hard conversation. Like I don't, it's gotta be a lot. I can't even imagine. It's gotta be a lot. Yeah. But when you have something like a, the channel to like put videos on, yeah. these guys are going to be like, all right, like I want that. I want to, I want a quick like lyrical video. Like, let me, let me correct this, whatever he says goes and stuff. So it is about like your positioning and it's just leverage like, anything else right you but i earned that right yeah yeah it kind of earned it but like the um the situation i'm about to do is like similar like the thing with cole is like he's finding the the corrections for like the problem like us not owning the, any of the music you know what i mean like he has been able to correct that for himself mm. at least with this one project which is like insane and yeah. cole seems like a mentor he's somebody who like shares the game with you and on a lot of shit right he's given me like my most like valuable advice for sure really? like each time we talk it's like and I, I rarely hit him up. <clears throat> like, I'll, I'll, he always tells me, like, when I see him, like, why don't you hit me for, like, this or that or advice or something. But, like, one, who who could be busier, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two, like, I don't want to have him feel like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Lil Bro were like, oh, I got to, like, yeah. tell this kid what to do and shit. Like, I want to figure How it out. How did y'all originally connect? He just hit me up. He just said he was fucking with it. Yeah. That's dope, though, because he could have very easily looked at you and felt like you were a competition and 
not wanted to help you excel, you know? It's so astronomical, though. Like, 21 million subscribers or 22 yeah, million. Like, At yeah. a certain point, you got to start sharing the Blip on the for. radar, yeah. Because obviously, like, he can only do so many videos, and a lot of the stuff that you do is, like, the type of shit that he probably would have done in, like, 2016, 2017. Yeah, you know? for sure. I, I, I do think stylistically that we've both rubbed off on each other. I can definitely see uh, things in his videos that um, were impacted by me, for sure, and obviously vice versa, mm. and to a greater extent. No, I agree. Do yeah. you think that a videographer could really build a name for himself just doing run-and-gun videos at this point? Because that's one thing with both you and him is that it seems like the videos take, you know, absurd amounts of time to put together yeah. largely. Do you think that, like, a simplistic approach could still be successful? Totally. I, I totally fucking completely think so because if someone's inventive, then they get they get uh, whatever. They get noticed. Um, yeah. And doing the run-and-gun shit is good because... There's no pressure to, you know, there's not like a, a big budget from a label and like an A&R standing there making sure everything's good. Like labels all the time just want you to shit out a video that looks good and is presentable. But if you're running gunning and you are afforded that those few years to just completely throw yourself into it and work like that necessity of how am I going to make this room look cool will lead you to some stuff like with Lone Wolf, like the paper cutting shit, bro. That That's a whole fucking people are making whole careers being doing scan edits and shit like that. Like that is Lone Wolf. Like he fucking invented that. I remember when I first started, I would hear about Lone Wolf so fucking much like, oh, like candy and like do up and shit, like telling me and like gassing him up. And I, I was like very like low level and shit. But like because he invented something new, like same with Cole, he invented something new. So I, th I do. Yeah, it's a super long winded answer. But yeah. Yeah, you can't just, like, do good work. You have to also be inventive. You have to bring new shit to the table, whether mm -hmm. it's artists or just concepts or styles. Like, you know, you have to you have to change shit if you really want people to start paying attention to you. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reason that a lot of people don't get there is because, like, you have to, when you're working, you have to be way more um, proactive, like, mm -hmm. way more focused on what you're doing. It's, it's not passive. Definitely. Yeah. What's your relationship with Autumn? You shoot a lot of his shit too. I fuck with uh, one of the videos yeah. you shot. Uh, Tan, what's the name of the song? It's the red background. Everything, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's yeah. crazy ass video. Yeah. Like, so, how did y'all get locked in? Yeah, that that style that you're talking about, like that's my version of like the invention, like the shakiness and like yeah, the, no, like, like bright lights and shit. Which now I'm, the new shit I'm getting away from and trying to find some other sauce. But um, he's cool. I mean, I fuck with Autumn. It's been a while since we shot though. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a minute. Oh, okay. but he he's cool. He's always like. Like, he'll converse, like, right to the deep shit, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. really tell you how it feels, or, like, the state yeah. of what he sees around. It's not that, like, um, surface level. Do you ever have to deal with artists who are, like, too picky about your work? They want to have too much control? Yeah, I mean, they think they do, bro. They <laughs> they really think they do, but they're you know, artists like that are ruining the video a lot of the time. Mm. Um, because if you really have, like, someone good who really, like, knows how to edit which is hard to find, but if you really have someone good, you need to just trust them. Unless you're, if you're coming up with a concept, like me and Glock came up with the, the, the like robbery thing for his video, totally different. But if you're just like hounding someone, especially while they're working, then I don't know, it could it could reduce the quality of the work. But then sometimes you get it. Like like Zach was, for the Sosa thing, was hitting me up so often and shit, but I know he's not doing it of like, oh, it's not looking right or this or that. He just loves the thing that he's doing. So yeah. he wants to know, yeah. That's crazy, too, because it's like, I look at Zach as somebody who's amazing to me because how the fuck do you build this crazy ass brand over this simple-ass logo? And then like, know, how do you just, like, make it that important? But I don't think you get to that point unless you're willing to obsess over the fucking details and really want to have your taste be represented in, like, every last bit of it. Totally. My mom loves FTP. 
Mm. She fucking loves that shit. Because he sent me a big box. She's like, oh my God, those pants. Oh my God, that shit. Really? Yeah, that's like her favorite brand. (laughs) Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, Okay, you got anything on this for me, man? Man, I'll... Where we can go with this uh, Cause I, I do have questions But I feel like we covered A lot of the shit that I Hopefully I wasn't asking. Too much of a snooze fest here Nah No that was good Super raw man Like yeah. You're definitely like When it comes to this shit Like you're the Like the hottest tastemaker In this shit Like you Thanks, definitely bro. got it right now Appreciate it but do, you, yeah. do you relate to that tastemaker or like influencer title? Because it's like, obviously, you want your work to speak for itself, but you can't help but have people kind of ascribe that to you as you yeah. become more and more relevant, right? I mean, it's nice. It, it sounds good and shit, but it's hard to justify in my head when really I just am getting high and hitting the keyboard <laughs> for 12 hours straight. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Ultimately, what I do like is sit there for a long time. Mm. But do you feel like a gatekeeper? I, I feel like I feel like uh like what I think matters about music, yeah, to some extent. Or like that it could help help uh, expose it more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll say. Cuz I've seen it like <clears throat> every time the video does better on the on the channel mostly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Any underground artists that you want to work with? Just throw it out there right now that might be listening to this. I fuck with Netspin Heavy. Me and Xavier so bass just shot last night. Um Nice. Netspend is crazy, bro. His music is crazy. That's, all, that's like Netspend. all I've been listening to. Obviously, Osama, shout out Osama. Osama son. You um, shot with him, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shot. We're supposed to do some new shit, but we're trying to figure it out. Boss up, man. Yeah. Shoot yeah. that video. Yeah. Man. Talon, this, this new guy, Talon, who's like way smaller than who I usually work with, but I'm about to drop his video because I just believe in it that much, which is like, it, it's definitely a risk, you know what I mean? Going that early. He's yeah. like, 20,000 monthly listeners or something, but fuck it. He's that hard. Yeah. yeah. That's like, I, I learned that lesson with X like super early on is just that taking risks on people is like the move. Like, mm. especially with podcasting, because it's like, it's for me, it's like if I sit down and do an interview with somebody, it's an hour of my time mm-hmm. plus whatever, a half hour, hour of research beforehand or whatever. But mm-hmm. the, the result that you could get from fucking with somebody super early on is yeah. just so outsized. Totally. It could completely change a YouTube channel. It yeah. could be the result of tens of thousands or not hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Yeah. And it could be something that you shoot in 15 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? It's mm. crazy. Crazy how this shit works. Um, how early was it with X? It was within my first year of doing interviews. Okay. I was, I'm like writing the history of the early days of No Jumper right now. So oh, yeah. I was like looking through it. And yeah. that was just, that tripped me out. They're like, that's the inter- the rapper interview that has the most views on YouTube ever. And I did it in the first like six months of doing interviews somehow. Wow. So wow. weird. Does that feel like, is that fire? Or is that like, damn, like I've been doing all this other work. Like when are we going to replicate it? Mm, no. That's just Exxon, just a unicorn. It, yeah. It just makes yeah. me feel like, holy shit, that shit can just happen. Like, you know, that, that Cat Williams interview that Shannon Sharp did, like, that just fucking fell into his lap. He just happened to get the fucking best interview ever. Like, yeah. it's like every time you sit down with somebody, even this interview, like, I already know there will probably be hundreds or thousands of comments of kids who are super fucking inspired by this interview. Oh, that's awesome. And that just so. that just is, like, the most addictive thing ever yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to read those comments, and I'm going to enjoy reading every single one of those comments. You know, yeah. that shit never gets old. Fuck yeah. Was that era of No Jumper, like, the craziest for you? Like, the, the perp X, that whole string of interviews? Definitely, because I was just, like, so... I was still partying. I was still, like, hadn't grown up at all and mm-hmm. shit. Like, even when I was listening to you and Cole have that conversation, like, you guys are so optimistic in that podcast about uh, hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting, because now it feels like there's a lot of doom and gloom about hip-hop, I because know, it's kind of been, like, not as popular the last couple of years. But I think... 
to put things into perspective, it's still like basically the biggest genre of music, the and there's genre. still a shitload to be excited about. There's a shitload to be excited about, and if you care, if you do have doom and gloom about the state of hip hop, consider yourself lucky because there's a bunch of other people like you who also feel the same way about hip hop or feel the opposite way about hip hop. Mm. Feel some way. As long as a bunch of people are feeling some type of way, it's gonna come back around and everything will be hunky dory. People still care. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it proves that the audience is still there. If a bunch of people are talking about it. Yeah, it's not. They may not like what's going on, but that's that's fine. You can guarantee something's gonna come up that you like. Facts. Yeah, and like this intersection, it all leads to these different roads of like different teams and whatever. There's gonna you follow a road, you'll find like some music. You know what I mean? You'll find something you like. If you had to give some advice to like the 16 year old version of yourself or the 18 year old version of yourself because there's probably a lot of people who've basically fit that description out there where they got a lot of creative energy and they want to do something dope with their life but they haven't really gotten started 100% yet what would you say to that version of yourself um I would say uh, people are more accessible than you think I would say mm. like even if it's just finding someone who knows more about a certain aspect of video making like like shooting or dps and stuff like find those resources asap and learn asap because doing it yourself you can do both you know what i mean first find out about it like from the horse's mouth and then do it yourself um because you'll save a lot of time that way which I've, I've wasted a lot of time like trial and error wise and stuff mm. um which is important and then also i would say um I don't know. I got a lot. Like if, if you just want the bag, like if you just want to do something editing related and you just want the bag, do color, get really good at color grading. You'll make a lot of money and without leaving your house ever. And you probably, people, these guys could do a video in like two hours, like thousand video and do a couple of those every day. That's what I would do. Um, and, um, don't go the channel route. If, if you don't have some years to spend on it, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you don't go that route, then do the industry route and try and up the value as much as possible. And by talking to those people that I was saying that are pretty accessible, you will get uh, videos pretty fast. And I don't know, just just grind and keep yourself inspired. I don't know. What like else it. is there? Yeah, I follow it. Yeah, show. There's a lot of people who need to hear that shit. So. I appreciate it, man. It was a very uh, energizing yeah. conversation for Thanks, sure. Thanks, dude. Now I, I'm so tempted to just ask you shit about fucking... The his, like, I'm such a historian <laughs> of this shit, bro. When you start doing All your podcast it. again, I'll come on. Will you? Sure. Fuck yeah, dude. But I don't believe That'd that be you're awesome. really going to bring it back, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I did D-Savage not too long ago. Oh, yeah. 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 Was, okay. was, I mean, it's been a couple months, but like not like years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah, can do that whenever. That'd be sick. Dude, awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. My guy. All right. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Thank you, Remo. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. Boop. Eek.